All right, here we go. Today's daf is daf Samach Zayin, page sixty-seven. The Hilgim Maseches Buvakama, and we pick up from Vishinoy Hashem, which is one, two, three, four lines, uh, beginning of the uh, beginning of the fifth line from the top of the daf. Okay, Vishinoy Hashem Sheinu Chazal Rabbi Five lines from the top of the daf. Let's remind ourselves of what what step the Gemara is coming off of. So. We're describing when you make a kinyan, when you make an acquisition on uh, something which was uh, on something which was stolen, and we said that if you acquire, if you if the name changed, for example, I I stole a beam and I put it into a ceiling, is it now called a ceiling or a beam? So we said if it has a permanent shinoi hashem, if it's something that can't be taken apart, that's called uh, that's called a rear a real shinoi. A real change in the item, and now you're not going to give back the object. You're going to give back the value of that which you stole. But if the change that I made is a temporary change of name, for example, I could take the cross beam back out, and now it's called a beam again. So that's not called a permanent change. And you would, if not for the gzera der abona, if not for the decree of the sages, you would have to give back the beam. Okay. Take apart the house. Yeah, you take apart the ceiling and you give the beam back, and then get another beam to, to put it together. If not for the decree. So let's get into this. Ask the Gemara, If the name changes and it can't go back to its original setup, even then, is that called a real change? But what about a tzinar? A tzinar is a, a tube. You have a tube made out of wood. Okay? Demeikara ketzitzta. Originally, it was wood. And now it's called a tube. You made a hole in it, it's a wooden straw. Yeah, we're against, uh, uh, we don't need uh, plastic straws anymore. We live in California. No plastic straws, only wooden straws. Yeah. Let's say you have a tsinor, you have a tube that was... Chakakai, uh, you hollowed out the center of it, and then you attach it to the ground. The halacha is paisel esam mikva. This would make a mikva not kosher. Now, what is this referring to? This is referring to uh, I don't know if anybody here has had the, ever had the schus to build a mikva. I have not had the schus yet. Bez Hashem, one day we to have a mikva here in Shul, uh, both for people and for kalim. Finally get a Kalim Mikvah here in New City. But be it as it may, the halacha is that rainwater has to go directly into the mikvah. It can't gather anywhere. And also it can't be in a kli. Can't be you can't use vessels, Kalim, to um, to uh, move yeah. the water around, right? To channel the water into the mikvah. Um, cover. So, if let's say you took this this hollowed out tube and you stuck it into the ground, okay? Because you want to make a, a vessel out of it. Cover. Oh, so you stuck it into the ground, and so that when it rains, either it'll gather, it'll go into the tube and then go into the mikvah. Yeah, or yeah, or it could even be the Emma says it could even be. I'm not even using it currently for a mikvah. Stam, I hollowed it out. I hollowed out a tube, and now I stick it in the ground. Is this called a stick or a tube? It's called a tube. It's a vessel, which means if I were to make a mikvah, it ain't. It, it's not going to be good to use within that uh, pro, within that system. 
no, it's whether or not using it for a mikvah, basically it's telling me it's a clee. You made it a hollow, and you stick it in the ground, this is a vessel, this is a clee. However, what if you first establish it in the ground? You take a piece of wood, you stick it in the ground, and while it's stuck in the ground, you hollow it out. Okay? Using this is not going to apostle a mikvah because it's considered the earth, it's considered the ground. If now it goes into a Yale situation and it starts channeling water into the mikvah, the Amritshini Hashem Moshe, that would be it's fine. Better, it's better that way. Correct. Correct. Yep. Now, that's right. That would be better. So again, again, if you hollow out the wood and then stick it in the ground, you have a problem when it comes to mikvah. If you hollow the wood while it's in the ground, you're not going to have a problem. It's still called wood from the ground. Okay, It never took on the status of a being a kli. Now the Gemara is going to bring this halacha full circle. The e amrit, if you're going to say, Shinu Hashem Elsehi, the name change is important. If it's all about the name, let me ask you a question. Whether or not I hallowed out the wood and then stuck it in the ground, or whether or not I stuck it in the ground and then hallowed out the wood, it's still called a hollow piece of wood. It has the same name. So if the name is now tube as opposed to wood, it shouldn't matter. Either way, it should be a problem to channel water using this tube into a mikvah. Says the Gemara, shiny shiva the No, the mayim shayvim, which is uh, the the halacha of drawing water, is different because this is a din de rabbanu. Okay, what does this mean? This means that let's say you have a mikvah that is lacking forty saw, forty saw of rainwater by three uh, by three lug. As Rashi explains, and you fill it up with tap water. That's rabbinically going to be uh, it's going to be a rabbinic problem. Since it's a rabbinic problem. Even though we're going to say maybe the, the name of change does matter, but the, it's just about how the Rabbana made their gzera and how they said certain water is not qualified. But don't get all caught up with the Shidei Hashem. That's not the overriding factor. The overriding factor is how the Rabbanan made the gzera, how they imparted the issue of having Mayim Shuvim. Hiyachi says the Gemara, well, if the Chachamim, if we're going to be lenient over here, because the Chachamim, just how they established what Bayim Shuvim is, even in the first case of the Brisa as well, we should say that even though you made it into a tube and then you stuck it into the ground, it should be okay. It should be totally fine because we're just dealing with how the Rabbana made their decree. So why don't we say, if they allowed if they allowed hollow wood, let them allow hollow wood no matter when, no matter where. What's the difference? Answer the Gemara, Hasamika Teres Kli Alav Betolosh, Hachain Teres Kli Alav Betolosh. No. The question is like this. When something is detached from the ground and you make it a tube, it is never the same as when something has been attached to the ground and you hollow out the center. Okay, It's, it's a complete... It, it, the whole name is a different name. The whole status is a different status. On one, in one place you had a hollow tube, mamish, movable, detached from the ground, usable... And the other one is you had a piece of wood and then you hollowed it into the ground. It never was a usable clee. And therefore, even though you're going to call them both hollow, hollowed out wood, yeah, true, but it's a completely different, uh, it's a completely different uh, um, uh, setting. And is this okay. Because, is this because it's a cobble tumor if, it's, if you make it into a clee detached from the ground? Correct. If it's, uh, but, but if, if it's, it's attached... 
it's considered like karka. Exactly, the- exactly. And even though, well, if you look at it, it's a hollow tube, but the Rabbana never made a gzera on a hollow tube that never was detached from the ground. And therefore it would be mutter to channel water into a mikvah uh, using such a thing. Now you could look at two things and they look the same, but Lemaise, it's not kind of like the goats on Yom Kippur, right? One ends up thrown off a cliff and one ends up on top of the Mizbeach. You know, it looks the same. If two people that look alike, but uh, yeah, it's different. Uh, it's mamish different realities. One's attached to the ground and one's not attached to the ground, which is it. So you cite this dicker thing. You could have two people also. Let's take life, right? Everything's, everything's in Gemara's life. You have two people. You have twins. Twins. Two people learned in the identical, same yeshivas. Identical, identical same experiences. El Bazach. You're attached to your source. You're attached to the ground. Peseder. You're good. The moment you detach, it's not Peseder. And you go back to yesterday also. We, I, we could have mentioned this as an important lesson in life as well. Where we said, Shinui Hashem, Milsahi, changing a name is an important thing. One of the things that I was, that, uh, that popped into my mind, I didn't focus on this. But the question is, how do, what, what sort of name do we give ourselves? Fascinated by this. I, I was never fully aware of this until a conversation I had with somebody, I think it was about nine years ago. It was a few years after I joined the shul. And I, it was the strangest conversation to me. And I mamish had sat there after this guy left my office, like what just happened? Until I started noticing this mamish, like even in my own life, I'm like this too. The guy told me he's no longer Shomer Shabbos because he doesn't identify as Orthodox. And this statement blew my mind. Blew me. I was, I didn't know what he was talking, I pushed, I did not understand what he was saying. I didn't understand what he was saying. I don't, I'm not Shomer Shabbos because I don't identify as Orthodox. What? What does that mean? I, that I didn't know. I didn't know what it meant. He doesn't keep Shabbos because he doesn't identify as Orthodox anymore. He used to identify as Orthodox, so he kept Shabbos. Now that he identifies as Orthodox, he doesn't keep Shabbos. What, when does Shabbos have to do with Orthodox? There's no mitzvah to be from in the Torah. It's a mitzvah to keep Shabbos. How's the way, the, the, the label you want to give yourself, the community you want to live in, how does that change right and wrong? It didn't, it didn't, it was like, the guy said it like this was normal. And I was like, I must have been like, I don't know, 29 at the time. You know, it was a few years in, I was like, I don't really know. I didn't know like how to respond to this. Then, then we realized something. And I'll, I'll tell you what's it. So it's a powerful you say it, but I'm still living this in a, in a sense. This guy's off his rocker. Okay, because yeah, he's living, basing himself around labels that he's giving himself. But I want to tell you something. There's an MS to this. Here's the MS I want to share. I want to share this MS Lamite. If I, in my mind, my name is Ben Tyra, I'm Menachem the Ben Tyra, Shino Yashem is a chash of a thing. There's times in our life we don't identify with Yeshiva, with the Yeshiva Ilam. We don't identify with Ben Tyra. We identify as from. We identify as Shemr Shabbos. We identify as good things. But you know, it's a different madrega to identify yourself with Tyra. With the Elamai Yeshivas, it's a different world. Shino Yashem, just the name I give myself, creates standards for me. It creates an MS in my life. 
And that's why you mamish see a difference in how people conduct themselves and how people carry themselves. People say, and I've said this, and, and I, still, I still believe and I want to, but I want to articulate something. You know, a while ago, the, the light came and they want to talk to me about why, why people were black hats. Okay? So, fine. The Jewish light wanted all the people. So, I, yeah, the Borsellino thing, a Gansemai, so whatever. So, I gave a little bit of a thing. They're not going to fully grasp what it is. And I said, the MS is, and this is the truth, the MS is, it's not about what's on your head, it's about what's in your head. Yeah, you're not a better Jew because you plop a black hat on your head. It's, it's what's going on inside your head. But, it's an ident- but it is an identification symbol. It is a uniform. Okay? Now, what that is, they're not going to understand what that is. But I'll tell you something. There's no mitzvah to wear a black hat. There's no mitzvah to wear your tzitzis out. There's no, but I'll tell you something. I don't find a problem with people who start doing it. Because there's something chashuv by identifying yourself with the ilma yeshivas. No matter what my background is, how do I identify myself? What is my name? What's my, what, what, not only my first name, not only my last name, not only my shul, where do I, what, what is it? Shinoi Hashem, a change in name, is, it matters. Do I view myself as an outsider to the world of Tyra or an insider in the world of Tyra? We have to view ourselves as insiders. We have to grow comfortable with the names of the Rosh Hashivas and the Gedailim and the Eilam Atayra. We have to get comfortable in this world. Because then we, our name becomes, you know, Beryl the Ben Tyra. That's how we start to view ourselves. I'm, I'm, this is my world. This is, this, is how I, this is how I identify. When we talk about Shinei Hashem and things changing and, and, and by, by a, a, you get acquired by a name changing, like there's, there's an acquisition that happens to a certain world, to a community, to a, to a, uh, to a tzibur. Okay. Right. Mace, uh, yeah, go ahead. Previously you said that um, the, 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 two, the one and two, um, if it's never been discussed, from the ground. So prior to that, you said if you take a piece of a stick and stick it in the ground. Mm-hmm. So is it should this and then hollow it out? Right. So it can be detached from the ground and then re put back in the ground. Graft it back in and right, and then uh, hollow right. it out afterwards. Okay. Right. Sakti Gabara Mesh has a challenging question. Now, by the way, I'm just by the way, the black hat thing. I'm choosing as an example. Don't wear a black hat. If it's not part of your uh, thing, but it, it, it's an example of it's important to identify with the community. Same, there are some people who wear black hats to identify with the community. People who are streimlach identify with the community. There are people who are kipasru gaz to identify with the community. It's important to to re, to give myself an identity. Not that I'm not shemer shabbos because I don't identify as orthodox. Give yourself an identity. What what am I? That's, this is the main thing that I'm coming out with. Again, don't get caught up on the specific example I'm giving. But it's important to, to, to view myself. What am I? I'm a Yid. I'm a Yid. I'm a Ben Taira. I'm somebody who's, who's molded in the way of Taira. Okay. A thief, a robber, or an Anas, a person who forces things from somebody else, which means... I force you to sell it to me, but I'm actually paying you. Hektesh on hektesh. If they make it hektesh afterwards, it's, it's holy. Ushumasa chuma, the chuma is valid chuma, masosa meiser, and that which they set aside as meiser is called meiser. Okay, so what do you see over here? That if you steal something, we're going to assume that the owner was miyayish, gave up hope. And when the owner give, gives up hope, it must be. That's why the thief 
can make something hectish. Amri, they said, Hasam Hashem. In that case, there's a Shinu Yashem, there's a change in name that happened. Why? Because I stole what? I stole apples. I took those apples and I called them Truma. So that's now a Shinu Yashem. Those apples were used to be apples, now has a name of Truma. Maybe that's why you, you acquired it. To make Kara Tivla Bahashta Truma before it was Tavla, that was called Truma. Hektish. So to buy Hektish, make Kara Hula Bahashta Hektish. It's not that you acquire it because the owner gave a Pope. Maybe you're acquiring it with the Shinu Yashem. Omar of Chistam Rav Yenison. Rav Chistam says the name of Yenison. I'm the Shinu Yashu Kaina. Having no change in general also gives, uh, gives you an acquisition. It allows you to. Acquire something. We know that the change in name allows you to acquire something. How about the change in the object? If that changes, like a lamb became a sheep, uh, a lamb became a ram, a sheep became a ram. I'm sorry, right? That there was a change. You now acquire it. That if you steal something and now there's a change, you acquire something. You should you should return that which was stolen, that which you stole. What does that mean? It means in Kain Shagazal, when do you return the object that you stole? If it's in the same Matziv, the same set of circumstances as when you stole it. Vimlav, but now let's say it's changed. You don't give back the item, you give back the value. Even, Hi- with, the change, even with the change of names, the change of, of uh, the material change. Correct. Even so, it, it, it still, uh, he, he's Kona he's, he's it, even if the person was not the Yaish. Correct. Because it's a different object now. So that yes, according to the statement of the Amaram, yes, okay. yeah, it's independent of that, correct? Because it says the Torah, you return that which you stole. This isn't what you stole; it's changed. It says the Gemara, but uh, you don't tell me Ashergazal means if it's changed, then you just pay back money. We know Ashergazal is coming to exclude when somebody stole money from uh, from his father. Okay. That that uh, you you don't pay the ed chaymesh in general. If somebody takes a false oath, you pay an ed chaymesh. We know this is not true when uh, when uh, your father stole something and passed away, and now his uh, swore falsely, passed away. His estate doesn't have to add on a fifth. So th- how do you know that from Asher Gazal? Says It could have just said he returns that which he stole. Asher teaching me both. You don't add on a fifth for that which your father stole. And also it's teaching me that if there's a shinoi, if there's a change in it, then uh, you don't return it because it's not the same exact thing that you stole. The, the, the estate is required to return? Correct. Yeah, your father stole it. You got to give it back. No, he stole it. I didn't steal it. Huh? Yeah, but you're inheriting something your father stole. So that means it's, you know, so you have to give that back. But for the fifth to add on because of the false oath that you're not going to have to do. There are those who say, Amr of Chista, Amr of Yenison. Chista says the name of Yenison. How do we know a change in the, in the item does not acquire that you return the Gazal? says that what you stole. That's coming to teach me that you only add on for what you stole and not for what your father stole. So we're walking away, learning out the same halacha as before, but bring it out through a bracer. Two dots, two lines from the bottom. Here we go. Amar Ula, Ula says, new conversation, but again, can, you know, still connected to when, how you acquire things which are stolen. Amar Ula, Ula says, How do we know that Yish does not allow you to acquire something. Now, according to Ula, Ula's making a premise that if I take something 
and the owner gives up hope, but no change happened, you do not fully acquire it. Okay, in order to acquire something that you stole, that's more than just Yish. What's his source? You bring that which was stolen from a Piseach, that which is uh, that which is lame, and also that which is ill, that which is sick. Now this pasuk is complaining, so to speak, not complaining, but letting whipping Claudius all into shape, letting us know that when we serve Hashem and brought carbonus, we weren't doing it in first class fashion. If I had a choice to bring a carbon from my creme de la creme or from one of my animals that anyway was a shtickle nebuch, right? So I brought from the Nebuch ones. They were bringing from the Nebuch ones. And we're not supposed to bring Karbanas from Piseach either, from the, the lame ones, from the, or Piseach or Achayl, or the sick animals. Okay? You're not allowed to bring animals which are stolen, lame, or sick. Gazel Dumit Piseach. So we see what's the Pasuk putting together? Stolen animals along with Piseach, with lame animals. Why? My Piseach, less at the kind of cloud. Just like by lame animals, they are permanently lame. And since the permanent, what lame means that they're never going to be fit to be brought as a carbon, top of Amun Beis, Afgazel the Lesle Takanta, so too, once an animal is stolen, there's no way for it to ever be fit to be a sacrifice. Whether or not the owner gave up hope, the Rebbein Shalom does not want your carbon that was stolen. Ah, you acquired it! Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Rava Amar, Rava gives his own source and he says, no, Mehacha, you learn now from here, it says, Karbanai, you bring an Eilah as your, his carbon, Velaya Gazel, not a stolen carbon. Amas, Ilay Malifne Yish, what do you mean? If we're, this verse is dealing with prior to Yish, Pshitalamalikra, the verse does not tell me I can't bring somebody else's animal as a sacrifice. Of course I can't bring somebody else's animal as a sacrifice. Why is the Tarni to say, bring Karbanai, bring your carbon and not a stolen carbon? It must be even after Yish. The owner already gave up hope on the animal, but the Torah is still telling me, you do not bring it as a sacrifice. You learn out from here that Yish does not acquire. Because if Yish would acquire, you should be allowed to bring a stolen animal on the, on the, uh, on the Mizbeach. But Rava is the one who says that uh, we're dealing with somebody stole somebody else's uh, offering. Now, if you stole somebody else's offerings, that means the original owner already made it hectic. And we're still saying that uh, you shouldn't bring it. Which means it has nothing to do with Yish or not. It's not a matter, it's not, it's not a proof to whether or not Yish is kind of. Maybe he backed out. Rav backed out. Or you could say, or one of these statements was said by Rav Papa. Okay, period. We said in the Mishnah that if uh, somebody steals an ox or a sheep and he shechs it or sells it, he pays back four or five times the amount. Okay. Why? Says the Pasuk. But listen to this. The Gemara has a fascinating question. The Pasuk says, if you look in the Torah Arashalim before beginning this Gemara, if anybody has either the Izvah uh, Hadar or the, or the uh, Art Scroll, so on the left side of the Amud, you'll see, right, right to the left of the Gemara, it brings down the Pasuk from Shemais, Parach, Afalaf, Pasuk, Lamazayin. It says like this, Ki yignaiv ish shar when a man steals an ox or a sheep, utvachai shechts it, oimacharai, or sells it, chamisha bakar yeshalem tachas hashar, five cattle are paid for the ox, varbot sain tachas hashar, 
and four sheep in place of the sheep, four cattle in place of the sheep. What does that Pusuk seem to imply? Pay back five for an ox or four for a sheep? Is that what it means? That's how we're used to understanding it, right? We know if you steal an ox, shecht it or sell it, the ox is worth 500, you're going to pay back 500 and five times the amount for shechting it or selling it. If it's a sheep that's worth 500, you're going to pay 500 and four times the amount. Okay? Ask the Gemara like this. Vamai, why are you paying back five times the amount for shechting or selling an ox? And why are you paying back four times the amount for shechting or selling a sheep? Name of Shar Shar Mi Shabbos, make Gzer Shava Shar Shar from the Allah Chazah Shabbos. Malan Chayav Behem, just like by Shabbos. Chayav Oif have the same halacha. We know you're not allowed to work any sort of animal whatsoever on Shabbos that's under your ownership. You're not allowed to benefit from them. Afkan Chayav Oif Behem. So too over here we should say that Chayav Oif Behem. That uh, a wild animal or a bird should have the same halacha, which means if I steal a bird and I shecht or sell it, maybe I should have to pay back five times the amount. Why are we saying only an ox or sheep do you pay back for? It says, it says five times for an ox and four times for a sheep. Yeah, so what are you bringing in? Uh, Why are you bringing out Shabbos? No, no. no so then you said, and benefits of the oaf. Oh, so by Shabbos, when it says that you're not allowed to work your ox, let's say, that, that applies to any animal. So ask the Gemara, maybe when it says, when you shecht, steal an ox and shecht it, maybe it applies to any animal too, and even a bird. Even a bird. Let's say you steal or shecht a bird, you'd have to pay back five times the amount. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Amar Rava. Rava says, Amar Kra, Shar Viseh, Shar Viseh, Shnepam. It says, uh, ox and sheep twice. It says it two times. Where does it say it? So look back at the Pasuk. It says, when a man steals an ox or a sheep, and then he shechts it. So you pay this for the ox and this for the sheep. Shar in. The reason why we're saying it a second time is teach me that specifically by an ox and sheep do you pay uh, do you pay the extra amount. But not by anything else. That's why we're that's why we reiterate. Amri, they said, Jaime, yes sir, one second. Which one, which ox and sheep mention is extra? said the tell me the second time it says ox and sheep, that's what's extra. One of the Torah could have written You could have just said he pays five cattle or four sheep. But if it would have been written like that, have I mean I would have said I would have said that you gotta pay back, ready? If I steal an ox, I would think you gotta pay back five oxen and four sheep. Got to pay back both. Yeah, add it to the tab. You stole an ox. Yeah, pay some sheep. Yeah, what, or what are you saying? What? I would have said it's not two separate things: five for an ox and four for a sheep. Yeah. I would have said you got to pay back nine animals. For either one. For either one. Every time you steal, I need to pay back nine times the amount. Because if how would the pasuk read? It would have read, "Chamisha bokar yeshalim tachtav." When you steal the ox or sheep, you're going to pay four bakar, five bakar, va'arbaat tzayin tachtav, and four tzayin. Seems I'm going to pay back every time I steal nine animals. Or nine times the amount. If I wouldn't need to say the extra shar or seh. Because, Rachman, I have a mean of Baishlumay Tisha, lechol echad ve'echad. 
but it says tachtov tachtov, and that what, that's what it divided it and told me I wouldn't have thought nine times the amount. Chad tachtov miyaser. One of them is extra. Umi boyle the drosh achrina. It's not even extra because I need it for a different drosh. The time I learned the price. Yachol gan of shor shavamana. If I steal an ox worth a hundred dollars, you shalim tachtov negidim. You have to pay back. Um, you have to pay back negidim, which are even like shvacha ones. You could pay back, uh, you know, ones that uh, aren't as strong. Um. Talmud Leimar, Tachtov, Tachtov. It means that it had to be healthy like the one you stole. And therefore, ask the Gemara, back to our original question, I, I needed to say Shor and Seah again. Are we following? This is, this is Sivara. This, we're going through the perfection. Should I say this outside? We go through, let, let, let me, there's a few blank faces. A few blank faces. Let's, let's learn the Pasuk. This is very straightforward. It says like this. Ki ish. When a man steals... Shar, an ox, a set, or a sheep. So what are we dealing with? An ox or a sheep. Utvachai amacharai, and he shechts it or sells it. Chamisha bakar yeshalim, tachas hashar, va'arbaat sain, tachas haseh. Now the Gemara asked, Gemara said, it says the word shar and set twice said when a man steals an ox or sheep and then it says you pay five for an ox and four for a sheep okay which seems to imply specifically by an ox and sheep you pay back extra but by no other animal says the Gemara one second why why specifically an ox or sheep maybe ox or sheep are just an example right maybe it does apply to other animals you said maybe taka yeah Gemara says no because it says it says it twice it said ox or sheep twice. Why are you saying it twice? To tell me it's specific. Only when you steal an ox or sheep do you pay back four or five times the amount. So ask the Gemara like this. Ready? Go by that. Says Gemara, one second. You want to tell me you didn't need to say it twice? It's only an ox or sheep that says it twice. Says Gemara, one second. Which ox or sheep should I, should I have left out? The second one? Let's say you would not have said ox and sheep the second time. Let's read the Pasuk without those words. Ready? Here we go. Let's talk outside. Okay. When a man steals an ox or sheep, you shecht it or sell it, you pay back five cattle, leave out the word ox. We don't want to say ox again. And four sheep. Four, five cattle and four sheep. That seems like... Nine. Well, or, or you could say... Or you could say what? You could say that when he's saying the Arba... Uh, <laughs> the Arba... Whatever. And Hamisha, yeah. Arba, then that means similar like the other one. Okay, or it could mean similar. Okay. But you, but it's not so clear. No, right. It could be dashing either way, and th- therefore, but since it's not clear, the Gemara is being very specific. That's right. So the Gemara says like this: since it could be interpreted as nine nine animals in place of this one, therefore, it makes sense why the pasuk writes shor and sel again to tell us no, it doesn't mean nine; it means five for an ox and four for a sheep. So now, the fact that it says it twice is not extra. Right. We and it's not specific either. We said, why does it say it twice? No, it's not specific. Why? 
Because I'll tell you like this. Let's read the Pesach now. When you steal an ox, when you steal an ox or sheep, you pay back four or five times the amount, five times for the ox, four times for the sheep. Could it mean any other animal too? Yeah. Maybe it does mean other animals too. I, why'd you repeat ox or sheep? Whoa. To tell me. Sometimes you pay five, sometimes you pay four. Uh, what, what? what? What do you bring in? You're bringing in something it doesn't say. Sure it says it. Well, how does it say that? Because it says ox and Why did it say... How do it I know it's not ox only ox or sheep? sheep? It says ox or sheep. And by Shabbos it said ox or sheep, but I know it's not specific. Did it say it twice by Shabbos? Nope. Did it say it twice? Over but here there's a reason why it says it twice. So don't tell me it says it twice to be specific. It's not true. It says it twice to tell me five or four, not nine. So I'm back to being like Shabbos. Oh. And the same way by Shabbos, when an ox doesn't mean specifically an ox, and a sheep doesn't mean maybe here too. If I, if I steal a bird, I should have to pay back five birds. Tell me what it says by Shabbos. You're not allowed to work your animals on Shabbos. Why? You're not allowed to work your animals on Shabbos. Yeah, so... What's the puzzle by Shabbos? So it says... Kiddush Shabbos morning. Leisasu komalacha. Atta vincha vitecha abdcha chamarcha v'chol behemtecha. V'chol behemtecha. And all your animals. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So... Um, it says, uh, it says, Sharcha v'chamarcha v'chol behemtecha. That's what it says. Right? Your ox, your donkey, and all your animals. It's okay. the same way over there. Ox goes hand in hand with all animals. The ox over here should go hand in hand with all animals. Now, but we answered that. We said that because he repeated it. But now, Because he repeated it, that means specific. No, but now there's a reason why it's repeated. Again, it's not considered repeated anymore. Because it only it only said it again to to separate the five and four and to tell me not nine. Yeah. And since that's the only reason why I said shar, it's not considered like I have an extra shar, and it's not being specific to ox. The word ox over here is not coming to be specific to ox. We thought it was because it says it twice. Says the Gemara, just because it says it twice doesn't mean specific. It says it twice to tell us how much to pay. So now I'm back to square one. It's as if it says the word shar once. The second time is telling me a different halacha. So now I'm back to saying shar once. The same way by Shabbos shar, it means with all your own other animals. So it's over here, let it mean with all your other animals. That's the Gemara's question. You have to darshan, uh, okay, but that's by Shabbos. We darshan, that's so the Gemara, Gemara over there. Gemara, okay, so here we go. Says the Gemara, Ella, rather, shar v'sed d'reisha miyosir. I'll tell you what. It's the, when it says, when you a man steals an ox or sheep, it didn't need to say ox or sheep in the beginning. You know what the Pasuk could have said? It could have said, when you steal, when you steal an animal, and you shecht it or sell it, you pay five tzayn tachas hashar, and four seh, uh, and I'm sorry, you pay five bakar tachas hashar, and four tzayn tachas haseh. So maybe it didn't need to tell me the shar and send the beginning. So that is extra, and that could be telling me specific to an ox and a sheep that you pay four or five times the amount. I would have said you have to steal both an ox and a sheep. 
It says Gemara, no, but it says you, you shecht it. It means even one animal you're going to be responsible. Maybe it means that you still, maybe you're only responsible when you steal both but shecht one. It says, or you sell it, which is again talking about one, which means you're obligated for stealing even one of the animals. Maybe the case has to be, in order to be responsible to pay dollar behave, maybe the case has to be where I stole both animals and I sold one and I shechted the other. Oi means, no, you don't need to do both. Or, I could still would have said, if you would have written the Pasuk like that, without Shachamar at the beginning, that you're only responsible to pay back dollar behave when I steal both an ox and a sheep. You shecht one and leave the other one, or you sell one, and leave the other one over. Says Gemara, you're right. One ox in the beginning and one, one sheep at the end. Here's what the Torah could have written. Get ready for this. The Torah, the Pasuk could have written like this. This is Gishmak. Ready? And this is gonna, how we're going to end off. It says the Gemara, the Torah could have written, Ki yignoiv ish shar, when a man steals an ox. Don't say sheep. Just mention shar there. Utavachai aymachari. And you shecht or sell. Chamisha bakar yeshalim tachtav. You'll pay back four in place of that original ox, but I'm not saying the word shar again. I'm only saying shar in the beginning. And you pay back four cattle in place of a sheep. Now there's no mention of sheep until the end. In the beginning of the puzzle, we only mentioned ox. In the end of the puzzle, we could have mentioned sheep. And all these halachas could have been just fine. We would have been able to darshan everything and say it's either one or the other, it's not nine, it's only five or four. Shard the safe of the shed the lama. So why did I mention a sheep in the beginning and an ox at the end? Bottom line is, bottom line, bottom, bottom line. If I steal an ox, I pay back five times. If I steal a sheep, I pay back four times. If I steal any other animal, all I do is pay back kefil. Why not? How do I know it's specific to an ox and a sheep? The answer is because in the beginning of the Pasuk, it could have just written an ox and not mentioned a sheep. But I do mention sheep, so that's extra. At the end of the Pasuk, I could have only mentioned sheep. I don't need to mention ox, but I do mention ox. So I have the extra word se in the beginning. I have the extra word shar at the end. Those two words are coming to teach me only an ox or sheep. When you steal and shecht it or sell it, do you pay five or four? But not when a bird or a donkey or anything else. Nothing else do you pay back five or four. And now we have the makar. We have the source. Beautiful. Now we're going to move on to a whole new suga. This is incredible. And that is if, you, if, you, if you're a thief from a thief, if you steal from a ganav, you do not pay back double. Okay, fascinating, uh, fascinating sugi over here. Here we go. Let's, let's get started over here. And we'll, we'll come back and pick up from here tomorrow. Amar Rav. Rav says, This is before Giyush, which means, get ready. Yaakov owns a wallet. Shimon stole the wallet. Levi stole the wallet from Shimon. We said, Levi does not pay back Yaakov double. Comes along Rav and says, that's only if Yaakov had not given up hope yet. He wasn't Miyayish on what Shimon took from him. Okay? Let's say Ruvain stole from Yaakov and Yaakov gave up hope. Guess what happens now? It becomes the Ganavs. Which, so, which Ganav? The first Ganav. Okay. 
because the owner gave up hope. Now that it's the first Ganav, the second Ganav would pay Kefel to the first Ganav. Because the first Ganav owned it. It was after Yish of the original owner. If the first owner never had Yish. So when I steal it from you, I'm not stealing from you because it's not yours. So I shouldn't have to pay you double. Which double payment has to be made? It's the original owner. But that's on you to pay the double. It's the original owner, not on me. But if the original owner gave up hope already, you're now the new owner who has to pay double. And now if I steal it, I need to pay double to you too. So they're establishing uh, etiquette for thieves. That's right. That's right. That's right. The Torah does everything. Beautiful. That's right. There's no, you will not find the situation you'll find yourself in in life that you won't have, a, a, you won't have something entire to look at. You know, we won't have something entire to look at. And, and point to. Okay? But once Yish happened, the first guy already acquired it. The second guy is now stealing from the new owner. And therefore he should pay double to the new owner. That's Rav's halacha. Again, what does Rav say? A ganav from a ganav pays kefel if the first ganav had Yish from the owner. He owns it. You will pay double. If the first guy never owns it yet because the owner wasn't Miyayish, you don't pay double. Omar of Shesha, Shesha says to Rav, Amino Kinayim Bishach of Rav, Omar Lo Shmai, so Rav must have been dozing off when he said this, which means this psak is lacking clarity. The time we looked at her b'risa, Omar Rebbe Kiva, Kiva says, Why do we say if you shechted or sell it, you pay back extra? Usually you pay back double. Why if I shechted or sell it, does it now jump to four or five times? Where does that come from? Says Rebbe Kiva, you know what just happened? If I steal something, is it possible for the owner to ever give it back? Yeah. If I shechted or sell it now, you know what I just did? I deepened the theft. I now made it imp- further, either impossible if I shechted, or much more difficult if I sell it to somebody else. It's now two steps away from the original owner. You, not only did you steal, you stole again by taking it even further away. You're like, you could sin, and you could be a chayte, or machte, right? You cause others to sin. That's, that's double worse. Thousandfold worse. Says Rav Sheshas, Rebbe Kiva teaches us, the reason why your payments jump exponentially by selling, or, by, by selling or shechting is because you're making sure that the original sin is much more difficult to undo. You can't just return it anymore. You gave it to somebody else. You sold it to somebody else. Or you shechted it. Amos, when is this true? If we're dealing with the owner, had not yet given up hope, top of tomorrow's daf. Are you making the sin any worse? Are you putting roots into the sin? Okay? Because everybody's going to agree that if there's no yish yet, it's not even considered a change of domain. It must be that there's already yish of the owner. And since the owner gave up hope, the Ganav acquired it. If you're going to tell me that the Ganav acquired it, so now, one second, it's his. Why, when he shechts it sells it, it's jumping to four or five times? You're shechting that which is yours. Beautiful question. Because you sinned again. Not that you, you made the sin deeper, but you sinned again. But he, but he owns it, so how is he sending it again? He owns it. Yeah, but you he can't give it back at all. There was Miyayish, so the, the, the God of owns it now. How is he deepening the, the, the fate? You're saying, how is it, it a new hate? 
Because you have a chiyav initially to vehishav es hakzeil asher gaza. To return the the stolen object that you took. Now, by doing what you did, you're causing an inability to do that, and that's nachan aver. So, uh, so if if uh, if uh, once the owner, the original owner, is biyayish, and even though you owned it, correct, you still have a a, a, a derisa to return it. Correct. Are you returning something that you don't know? Yeah, and, okay. But now you shechted or sold it. And, and uh, that's another sin. You and Mokhoi have to give it back. He didn't do it. So the extra payment is for the additional Avera. So now there's a major nafkamina here. Major nafkamina alumnus. So you can think of many, many nafkaminas, many differences over here. We'll hold it here as far as inside. We'll pick up from two dots tomorrow. But the, here's a major, here's some nafkaminas. Ready? You'll say that According to one, according to the first mahalach, the of why I pay back four or five times the amount, it's because it's the initial avera of stealing that causes four or five times payment. According to the second approach, all theft can ultimately obligate me in is double payment. The additional payments have nothing to do with that original avera. It's going to be right if you shock to sell. It's like a, it's it's a new avera. It's a brand new avera that's coming about creating the. The four or five times the amount. Again, if, if he, if he, if the owner, all right. Whoever wants to log off, can log off. We're going to keep schmoozing here in the basement. Uh, schmoozing. We'll keep learning here in the basement. Have a have a wonderful evening. Yeah, go ahead.